Um, we've been doing this series on money, sex, and power over the last few weeks. We've done about three weeks on money. Uh, we're in the middle of the kind of two-week series on sex, and then we're doing uh, some more on power after a short break uh, for a few weeks to talk about something else. So I just want to say before we start that this is a talk uh, that is primarily aimed at adults. Uh, if you have children in the room, I can't see very many, but I, I may have missed one or two. If you have children in the room that are under 14, it is entirely up to you whether you want them in the room. Okay, that's entirely your choice as parents and guardians. Uh, you might be exposing yourself to some awkward conversations over dinner, I'm just saying. Um, but, um, but it is entirely up to you whether you want them to hear it. Otherwise, please do feel free to take them out and avail them of the kids' ministries that we have, the wonderful kids' ministries at the back and upstairs. Uh, this may be a great time to take them out if you would like to. Um, it's important to say I'm not going to hold back in this talk at all. So we're going to be discussing... Uh, things that are really kind of aimed at children who are over the age of about 14, 15. Um, So Nigel uh, started the series on sex last week. He talked about it as a memorable, amazing, profound and intense experience. He was quite clear that sex is not dirty, sex is not bad and sex is not wrong. In fact, it is God's gift to humanity. Okay. Um, he talked a little bit about uh, kind of the different places that people uh, discovered uh, sex or discovered um, their kind of information about it. You know, maybe he talked, uh, asked us to, to talk to the person next to us and kind of talk about where we first heard kind of about it and first figured out what it was all about. Uh, and, and as he was doing that, I was actually thinking about this clip, uh, which I'm going to show you. It's really old. It's a clip from Peter Ustinov talking about sex education, uh, which is quite funny. Sex education, school like that. No, there was none at all, and I was left totally in the dark. But uh, things were perhaps a little more evolved, as my old friend, uh, a man called Sir Clifford Norton, who was a wonderful man, uh, told me what it was like in rugby uh, around about 1910, when the headmaster decided that the time had come for certain boys to be instructed in these delicate matters, and said, are we all here is Armstrong here? Oh, yes, there you are. You're so small. Come forward, Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> Daly, shut the door. Is your brother? Your brother? Yes, right. Shut the door. Are you all here? Very well. Now, look here. If you touch it, it will fall off. <laughs> right, return to your dormitories. And they left the quick now for life. I love that clip. <laughs> yeah, so so perhaps things are a little bit more evolved than that they were even in the 1970s when he was talking. But um, but uh, certainly we get our information from different places, don't we? Uh, and uh, no matter where we get our information about sex from as a society, it's true that we have misused it. Uh, we've misused sex for a number of things. We've misused it for control. Uh, to control other people. We've misused sex for conquest. Uh, We have misused sex even to build intimacy. You know, the act of sex is not to build intimacy. Sex comes out of intimacy that already exists. It's not there to build intimacy. And we've used sex for comfort. We've used it to control pain. 
And one of those misuses uh, is the subject for today. Uh, I don't know if you, you caught it last week, but we're actually talking about pornography today. Um, this entire talk is about pornography. Uh, I've titled this talk simply Pornography. Uh, there are plenty of kind of plays of words that I could have used and kind of, uh, kind of interesting uh, titles, but I decided not to. I decided to make it simple uh, because this isn't actually a funny talk. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I played the funny clip at the beginning. Um, so uh, it's one of those talks. Uh, I have a bottle of whiskey at home, which is... A, a called Nicker from the Barrel. It's a Japanese whiskey, and it's 57%. Uh, Will has tried some, actually. And um, the, the, the overriding feeling of this whiskey is a little bit like a punch in the face. You know, <laughs> you didn't go about this much of it, and you're done, you know. And um, it's not one of those kind of refined whiskeys that's complicated and has lots of kind of flavor that you can talk about for hours. Uh, we sat there and drank it and thought, hmm, that's at our last whiskey tasting evening that I do from time to time. And we thought, wow. Uh, this, you know, this turns up in the room and then it doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a big, powerful sucker punch. In the same way, this talk is a big, powerful sucker punch. <laughs> it's not a subtle talk, I have to say. And it's not a subtle subject. So I know as I s start the subject that there are a number of different groups of people in the room. And I just want to speak to each of you. It could be that uh, this subject really isn't on your radar. It's just not your thing. It's not something that you've ever really encountered it's something that you know about and you figure that it's a kind of an issue uh, for people. Maybe you don't think of it as an issue, but it's just not something that you've really thought much about. Um, for you, I would love you to come away from this talk feeling more informed about pornography and, and know a little bit more about the effects of it. Uh, it could be uh, that you're here listening to this talk and you're thinking, oh, no, you know, I, this is an area that I know I need to sort out. Um, and I want you, hopefully, at the end of this talk, to feel hopeful uh, that there is grace here and there is love here and that there is a way through uh, this struggle that you might have. It could be that you're here, you're visiting, you're just checking out our church. We don't talk about sex all the time. It's not like we're obsessed with it, just so you know. Um, but um, it's something that we, we do talk about because it's really important. Uh, it's a very, very important subject, and I hope you get that message today. It could be that you're here and you're just exploring faith. You're just thinking about whether Jesus is worth following. Um, again, this is not a subject that we talk about all the time, but it's a subject we don't talk about nearly enough. You know, it's said that the, the world has so many um, times that they talk about sex that they have very little to say, whereas the church has so much to say about sex, uh, it doesn't really spend much time talking about it. Um, so we don't show away from the, the big issues here. Um, so, so if you're in one of those camps... Um, I'd encourage you to kind of hear my heart on this. Um, this is a powerful talk. It does pack a punch. But hopefully you hear that there is grace and there is healing and there is a way through uh, this subject. So what is pornography? This isn't exactly rocket science. I'm not going to be um, kind of giving you lots of details, you know, gratuitous details. Uh, the definition of pornography in the dictionary is uh, printed or visual material containing explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate sexual excitement. Okay, it actually comes from the 1850s, funnily enough, uh, from the Greek, which means writing about prostitutes. That's what the word pornography means. So it's important as we start to think about it, that pornography is not just page three and everything that follows on from that. You know, it's not just about images. It's not just about videos. For men, pornography tends to be the explicit or erotic image or video. That tends to be how men use pornography. For women, pornography tends to be erotic imagination, erotic fantasy often maybe through novels or stories which are very graphic or sexually explicit. They, this is a not, uh, it, it's still pornography. 
just because it's uh, written or printed, that's where the word originally came from. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the erotic story, as much as pornography, is the erotic image. Just wanted to kind of put that out there to start with. So where is pornography? Um, I don't mean where to go. I just mean where is it in our society? And I have to say that in the last 20 years or so, uh, it has become so embedded and even endemic in our culture that you can't avoid it, as I'm sure you might know. The porn pandemic is among us. And to be honest, it's frankly unnoticed and accepted by most of the world. It has become part of our very identity in the West. Okay. Um, let me show you a, a, a few statistics here. Uh, this is the list of top trends from Google in 2016, as published by Google. Okay, so these are the top searches, top search keywords that people typed in or topics. As you can see, Pokemon Go, quite rightly, is at the very top there. And then iPhone 7, uh, Donald Trump, and then you've got Prince, uh, who died so last year, and Powerball. Powerball, I should add, it was because the American lottery got to about, I think, one billion over several rollovers. So it became a really big deal uh, around about September or so. Uh, So that's why that search is so high. Um, But actually, this is complete rubbish (laughs) because Google actually removed all of the sexually explicit words from their searches because they decided it wasn't interesting to show people what people were actually searching for on the internet. Would you like to see? So if you look at that graph, it's quite hard to see. But um, the top... Uh, the top kind of the red and the green and the yellow and the purple ones there, those are the top four internet searches. Um, porn is the blue one. Okay, and that is, that is to scale. That's not just indicative. Um, if you actually look at the various kind of spikes, you see prints were searched for quite a bit in that yellow spike around about April. That's January to December. And this is just straight off Google. You can go and look for yourself. Pokemon Go, again, quite rightly, around July, uh, got a massive kind of following and then kind of tailed off as people kind of got bored with it. iPhone 7, again, big thing uh, in September or so. And Trump, around the sort of election time, that's when he had his big spike. The blue line is searches for porn. That kind of speaks for itself, I think. Um, So let me just kind of bust a a couple of myths here um, or give you some more kind of... Um, statistics about this. Um, sex is actually the top word typed into search engine. Sex actually comes just slightly higher on that list than the porn one, if I just go back one. Um, it's, uh, but I thought porn was kind of interesting because sex people search for lots of different reasons, whereas porn, they really only search for one. Um, so 68 million requests a day uh, is what we get for porn. That's 12% of all sites on the internet, 30 million sites, 420 million pages of porn on the internet. Porn sites get more visits each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter all combined. Okay, it's a $100 billion industry. Okay, 90% of 8 to 16-year-olds have seen it. Okay, 87% of college-age men are using it daily or weekly. 31% of college-age women are using it daily or weekly. And 70% of people are using it nine to five in a working day. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So is this a male issue? Actually, the fastest growth area of porn is women aged 18 to 34. Is this only an issue in the world as opposed to in the church? Unfortunately, I would love to say that it was only an issue out there in the world and not an issue with Christians. The answer is that the sexual ethics of Christians are statistically no different to those of non-Christians in general, not just in the area of porn. 64% of Christian men use porn at least once a month. 
That's the same as the national average. 21% of Christian men think they might be addicted to it, and 4% of Christian women think they might be um, addicted to it. I hate to say this, but statistically, that's about 20 men and four women sitting around here right now, which is why we talk about this stuff. Okay, 20% of women have deleted their internet histories within the last 30 days in order to hide what they've been searching for. So to answer the question, where is porn? It is everywhere. Okay, you can't avoid it. It's the biggest thing that isn't talked about in our society. So my question to you is, if it is everywhere, you know, what's the big deal? What does the Bible have to say about it? You know, do, I said that the Bible has lots to say about sex. Surely it doesn't have anything to say about pornography. Well, that's just not true, actually. Uh, Jesus specifically talked about this stuff. Um, interestingly enough, the word for sexual immorality in the Bible is actually porneia. Isn't that interesting? Um, so it's very close, actually, to when the Bible talks about sexual immorality. Uh, what we think of as pornography is actually that. Okay, you can pretty much translate and substitute. And if you start reading the Bible like that, it becomes very clear what the Bible thinks about it. This is what Jesus said. I think this is one of the clearest, uh, sub- this is kind of the clearest things on this. Uh, he said this in the Sermon on the Mount which is kind of a big uh, manifesto-like sermon. He was just stating kind of what he believed about things. This is one of the things he said. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, meaning what you look at is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, so what's the big deal? Well, Jesus described it effectively as darkness, okay? He described it as something that corrupts the soul. Our society has completely relativized this. People make jokes about it on mainstream sitcoms. And I remember even 15 years ago, there was a whole um, a, a kind of running joke throughout one episode about Chandler and, and porn. And, and it was funny and I laughed at it, but actually it kind of shows the issue that we've got here. Um, so let's see, uh, maybe we can look at some of its effects. Okay, the first effect is pornography distorts reality. So people give lots of different reasons for using porn. I'm on the road a lot. You know, I travel in lots of hotels. My wife just isn't around, you know. Or if my wife was better in bed, I wouldn't do this. If she was more sexually responsive, then maybe this wouldn't be an issue for me. Um, Or I just have a high sex drive. I was chatting to a friend about this uh, earlier in the year. People use this kind of excuse, you know. I need sex more than my wife does, therefore I need this. Or if my husband was emotionally there for me and not so withdrawn, I wouldn't engage in those sexual fantasies with Mr. Darcy or whoever it is. Or I used porn because I was molested. I was shown porn at a young age and it's their fault. Or I'm just not looking at the bad stuff. The porn that I look at isn't that bad. Um, Jesus said in Mark 7 verse 20, it's actually what comes from the inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Okay. Romans 1 say that, says that when we engage in sexual immorality, we exchange God's truth for a lie. The truth is, no matter what has happened to us, no matter what our circumstances that are coming from outside us, um, Jesus says that sin actually comes from within us. It's not the stuff that comes from the outside. It's the stuff that comes with inside. The sin that we have is our responsibility. Okay, It's not 
the responsibility of the person who abused us. It's not the responsibility of our wife or our husband. Uh, it's the responsibility of us. We have to take responsibility for our sin, yet pornography distorts that reality. Our collective societal conscience is being reprogrammed by porn. Okay? Simon Ponsonby says that every Christian who looks at porn wants to stop, but just you know, more or less, but they want to stop a little bit less than they want to keep going. You know, we need to see porn as a monster, not the people, the porn. Okay? Jesus puts it more bluntly than that. He says that porn is adultery. Okay? Um, if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery with her in her heart, he said. You know, again, Ponsonby told a story of when he had a young man come to his, him in his church and said to him that he had a problem with pornography. But then he kind of added at the end of that, well, at least I'm not sleeping with my fiance. You know, and Ponsonby looked at him and said, listen, mate, if I would rather you were sleeping with your fiance, I'm not giving you permission. I'm just saying um, that uh, when you're sleeping with your fiance, that's the right thing just at the wrong time. Okay, porn is wrong always. Okay, there is nothing right. There is nothing good. There is nothing about it that is redeemable. Uh, The next thing, it distorts reality, but it also devastates intimacy. Here's another lie. My wife doesn't really need to know about this. The truth is she knows. Okay, she senses it. Um, Because of the wrecked intimacy in the relationship, sex is designed to mark intimacy, but it can wreak havoc in the bedroom. One woman wrote after finding out or knowing over a period of time that her husband was struggling with pornography said, I felt responsible, ugly, ashamed, alone and hopeless. Why would he even look at another woman unless I wasn't pretty or sexy enough? Friends rejected my idea that his porn use was ruling our relationship. They told me to be sexier, more sexually responsive and available so he wouldn't look elsewhere. I tried all these things only to find that they didn't work. I ended up feeling like a failure as a wife and a lover. And that's just dreadful, isn't it? It just destroys her confidence. Again, Jesus says, porn is adultery. You know, he says, if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's actually literally borne out in the statistics. Uh, In 2004, quite a while ago, and it's even worse now, Dr. Jill Manning uh, stated that in 56% of all divorce cases, one partner was claimed to be having excessive pornography in use. That was cited as a reason for breakup. So Jesus' words were actually borne out in marriage statistics. Pornography devastates intimacy in marriages. Thirdly, porn actually drives sex trafficking. Now, this may shock you, but there is actually evidence for this. Um, the Huffington Post wrote recently, quoting Dr. Gail Gines, a professor of sociology and women's studies at Willock College in the USA, said in a comment for a piece for the Huffington Post that we know that traffic is increasing, which means demand is increasing. That means that men are increasingly women to ha- willing to have sex with women who are being controlled and abused by pimps and traffickers. Now, there are only two conclusions here, that men are naturally willing to do this to women, biology, or that they are being socialized by the culture to lose empathy for women. Okay, Um, this is what Claire Galdine said. Now, she said, I refuse to accept that men are born uh, rapists, porn users or prostitute visitors. Okay. As an academic sociologist and mother, I believe it is the way men are shaped by society. The biggest sex educator of young men today is pornography which is increasingly violent and dehumanizing, and it changes the way men view women. Okay, 
So if you want to read, it's a lot more explicit, but if you want to read the, the article, I encourage you to search for that one because it is truly shocking the way that uh, as socialising and normalising pornography has happened in our society, that has increasingly driven uh, the rise of sex trafficking. And there's a lot more I could say on that, but yeah, I, I don't really want to get into the details because it isn't pleasant, but you can go and read about it. Uh, just to say also in terms of young sex offenders, uh, you know, there was a survey of 30 young sex offenders done recently. 29 of them had been watching X-rated porn from the age of seven. Okay. Um, so I would say, and I would argue that just as class A drug use in the USA drives gangland murders in Mexico and Colombia, Porn is actually propagating a thing that we are working and praying so hard to stop. So porn actually drives the sex trafficking industry. Fourthly, porn destroys our destiny. Porn debases and disintegrates the identity of a user. One addict said to them that it said that it began to eat away who they were, no rot away who they were. And who are we? We are children of God. We are trusted rulers. We're tasked with bringing life to our cities and our communities. It is so important. Our identity is so wrapped up in our destiny. If we forget who we are, a little child of God, beloved by him, then the lies start eating us up from the inside out. We lose all effectiveness for the kingdom. You know, everyone knows the great story of David and Goliath, right? That David slew the giant. He saved the Israelites. Uh, But we don't often as much talk about the giant that slew David, right? Um, Just looking when he shouldn't have been looking. Uh, Sexual morality, the temptation to look. Pornea, as the word goes, it slew David. It took away his family. Um, There's a long story about David and Bathsheba. If you don't know it, I encourage you to look it up. Um, So sexual morality slew David and it's slaying the church. It's robbing us of our effectiveness. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, to flee from sexual immorality. Again, the word is porneia. Every other sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know the body of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? If we degrade that temple, how, this is me, not Paul, how can we possibly um, be effective for the kingdom? And fifthly, pornography doesn't even deliver. <laughs> okay, does all of those things. Uh, to us, but it robs the user of the focus and the focus of their lust, the dignity and image of God. It always involves some kind of deceit, and we make a covenant with darkness when we use it, but it is not even satisfying. Uh, it leaves us feeling guilty and ashamed. The further one goes with pornography, the more difficulty uh, we have in getting aroused. Actually, significant porn units and amongst men often suffer with impotence, um, so it robs them of all that it promises. It's horrendous. So in summary, after all researching this this week and looking at all of this stuff, I had to conclude that I think pornography is the new heroin. I really do. It's the new cocaine. Okay. It, it, it is something that you start, you, can, uh, you need more, then you feel shame, then you need more, then you feel more shame, then you need more. And then it actually ends up robbing you of all that it promised. It robs you relationally, not necessarily medically, but certainly of intimacy and of effectiveness. And it actually drives underground criminal gangs. You know, I can't see many other things in the world that have as much parallel to class A drugs as anything else. You know, there are various kind of protest groups and websites which talk about the new drug, you know, the new drug that is devastating our communities and our societies. I think the porn should have a serious health warning on it and it should be illegal everywhere. 
okay, that's probably enough of a sucker punch. What can we do? You know, what is it that we can do in order to get rid of this, to, to expunge this from our lives, from our marriages, and from our communities? Well, um, there's a great verse in the Bible, uh, Psalm 97 verse 10, that says this, Love the Lord and hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and he rescues them. Okay, so there's two things that go on here, that are going on here in this verse. Okay, God is protecting and we are also hating evil. Derek Prince said that some things in our lives need deliverance and some things need discipleship. You cannot disciple what needs delivering and you cannot deliver what needs discipling. Okay, it goes hand in hand. It is our command to hate evil, to be discipled, to be disciplined, to be following Jesus and making good choices. Okay, and the, the companion to that is Jesus is protecting the lives of godly people and rescuing them in the process, which means that uh, the deliverance is happening at the same time as we're being discipled. And we need both. We need God to deliver us. And we also need to walk out in that. So we need to be free of those strongholds and we need the Holy Spirit to help us with that. And, you know, that's very easy. We can start that right today. You know, we can pray for you. We can help you get starting on that process of deliverance from some of the stuff that holds us, but also we must take a step. We must take a step to form accountable relationships, et cetera, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So what must we do? Uh, The first thing to do is quite simply recognize uh, the issue, Uh, recognize the, the truth, uh, fight the reality distortion that I've talked about. Recognize the lies for what they are and recognize that there is grace. You know, porn represents a thorn in Jesus's crown. He died for it and we can be free of it. If we confess our sin, it says in 1 John 1, then he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, we need to fight the shame cycle. We need to not believe the lies. Um, some of us, have given up. We just think, oh, this is just an issue that I'm going to struggle with forever and given into this. No, you don't need to give into it. Enough is enough. Porn is not your medicine. It's your sin, but we can be free of it. We are free in Christ. The only hold porn has on us is the one we give it. Okay, we are in Jesus. You know, there is no power over us. So recognize the truth and start to fight. That's the first thing. Second thing um, is get prayer and and, and, um, we can help you with this. But take radical action. I would ask the question, if you're struggling in this area, how much do you actually want to be free? Okay. Um, Jesus again said, you've heard it was said not commit adultery. But I say to everyone who looks at a woman with lust for intent has already committed adultery. I've said that three times so far. But the next verse is quite interesting. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. That's pretty strong. Now, Jesus often engaged in hyperbole to make a point, And I think this is what he's doing here. I don't think you should actually go around blind. That's not what I think you should do. Um, but his point is, is that actually your eye is less important than your purity. <laughs> you know, that's how important your purity is. Okay. St. Francis, apparently, when he was tempted, uh, used to throw himself into thorn bushes. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, one young man who was really struggling with this at night actually just started taping up his hand. <laughs> I know this is a little bit graphic, but, but um, he actually taped up his right hand so that it wouldn't be a struggle for him. Um, get rid of your smartphone. If this is an area that you struggle at, go into a phone shop and say, can I have the cheapest phone you've got? They only cost about 20 quid. It'll save you a bunch of money. You know, you might look like an idiot, but, you know, which is more important? You know, get someone to go in if you're too worried about it. I don't care. Um, just stop surfing the net late at night. 
Um, most internet routers will allow you to block uh, internet access after nine o'clock or something like that. Um, install a blocker on your phone or on your um, your kind of computer. There are plenty of software out there. It's very easy to search for them. Um, and just install a blocker. Uh, get something uh, that uh, will make sure you can't access sites even when you want to. Um, you can, uh, you know, set up your phone so it locks out web browsers and will only u- let you use a web browser that has a particular kind of filter on it, for example. Um, you know, and then when you do the password, get your wife to type in the password and not tell you. Okay, it's quite simple, you know, but it's just how much do we want to do it? So get rid of the TV from your bedroom. You know, throughout the books, throughout the magazines, burn them if you need to. I've done um, burning of books, not for this reason, but for other reasons before. Um, unsubscribe from unhelpful TV channels. You know, detune your TV if you need to. Cancel the cable or whatever subscription you're, you're on there. You'll save a bunch of money and it'll be a lot easier. Okay, take radical action. You have to think, how much do you want to be free of this? And just do it. It's as simple as that. Thirdly, if I can make it work. There we go. Get accountable. Uh, it says in James 5 that if we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other, we will be healed. Um, we need to just confess our sins. Some of us in the room here has never confessed that this is an issue to anyone. Okay, Today is a good time to start that process of conversation. Pick people you trust to talk to about this. Um, it's enc- I'd encourage you as well, don't necessarily pick someone who is also battling with the same issue. Uh, I think that it would be better to talk to someone who isn't battling or who's maybe free from it, uh, because I think they'll, they'll probably keep you more accountable. Uh, install programs, again, uh, that email friends your web history. You know, you can do that too. Uh, there's plenty of programs that, you, uh, that can do that. Uh, your, like I said earlier, your wife probably does know about this. Uh, it's time to start that conversation. Uh, you might need some help and you might need some advice as to how to do that. And I encourage you to talk to trusted friends. Um, but also, uh, you will need to start that process with your wife or husband as well. Um, and that is the, the road to, to a restored relationship. And I'd encourage you to bend that conversation. Uh, perhaps decide that maybe you'll let somebody know within 24 hours of stumbling in this area or something like that. You know, you'll just send a text just to let people know that it's happened and that you would love them to pray for you. Or maybe just uh, send text saying, I'm just really struggling today. Can you pray for me? You know, they know, they know what you mean and they'll pray for you. And sometimes that may be even enough just to stop, stop that happening. Okay. The other thing is to walk in the, the opposite spirit. Becca, could you move that on for me? Or Mark, could you move that one? There we go. Oh, now I've moved it twice. There we go. Okay, walk in the opposite spirit. Ephesians 4, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands. In the same way, anyone who's been using pornography must use it no longer, but must do something else. Okay? Uh, There are plenty of things that you can do. Now you've got all this free money that you've been using to pay for things you don't really need, like smartphones or cable channels. You can now find a new hobby. You know, join the gym, take up a new sport, do some exercise, do something. Um, figure out where you're vulnerable as well and find other things to do at those times. You may have heard the an acronym HALTS, which is hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick. Those are the, uh, the five areas in which I certainly know that I'm most vulnerable, and I'm sure many of you are too. And just do something else at that point. Our addiction is like a spoiled child demanding sweets. Okay, we just need to stop giving the sweets and give, them proper food, give your body proper food instead, and eventually the sweets will be less interesting. Okay. And fifthly, seek the Holy Spirit. Um, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, it says in Corinthians, there is freedom. We need to allow God to do his job of deliverance. 
Okay, that's really important. We need to humble ourselves before him. Pride is a real enemy here. We might think we're a good Christian, uh, and but we have this, this issue. It's not going to do us any good. We just need to um, get ourselves before God and seek the Holy Spirit. Um, I encourage you uh, that, as I kind of come into close here, that we can be free. This can be a whiff of a memory, okay, rather than a present dark nightmare, okay, for us. Um, You've noticed uh, up until this point that I've kind of resisted telling you anything in the first person, uh, because I have to say that this was my story. You know, I started probably using pornography at the age of 13, 14, and I struggled with it for 20 years. Okay. Uh, For me, late night TV was my issue. Uh, Late night TV actually was worse now than it is then because there's more on the internet now. This was before the internet. Um, And then I transitioned to using the internet. Um, and it was a real struggle for us through my early years of marriage. So first few years of marriage, this was a real struggle. And um, Ellie knew about it, and we worked through it together, but it was still a struggle for me. Um, and I was doing my best to, to kick the habit, but couldn't find any ways of doing that. And I have to say that there were a few turning points for me. Um, when uh, a little while ago, um, when I was part of this church, actually, I received about 10 minutes of prayer at the front um, uh, breaking out, breaking some stuff over my life, over some, I, I won't go into details, but basically someone just prayed, they got a word from God and shared it with me and prayed it in 10 minutes. Okay. And that made a dramatic difference to my life. That was a real moment of delivery. I went from using porn several times a week to maybe a few times a year, something like that. I wasn't, wasn't free of it, but it was a turning point. Um, over a number of years, I had three social appointments, two accountability groups and a whole bunch of web software and some uh, strong, accountable relationships. And I have to say, I've been totally free from this for several years. You know, this is not an issue in my life. This is not something that I struggle with. You know, I'm not um, an addict who is just in remission. I'm not an addict. You know, it's not an issue. It is really not an issue. And it hasn't been an issue for a number of years. Okay. So, like I said, um, you can, we can be free of this. This is not something, I'm just trying to think about exactly when, Uh, I was free just to make it clear. It's not like last week. (laughs) Um, 2011. So that's quite a while. That was probably the last time I really struggled. Um, So, so yeah, so six years I've been free from that. That's a long time. You know, I can now say that this is totally not in my life. Um, So as we kind of come into land here, this is a hard thing. This is a hard topic. This is a hard area to admit. You may not have expected this topic this morning. I think people were pre-warned last week. If you weren't here, this would have come as a shock. Uh, You know, I'd encourage you uh, to respond in some way today. Uh, Now, there are a number of different spectrums of people here, like I said. Uh, if, If you want to get free of this, can I just encourage you? No one is going to judge you. I certainly can't. And there are plenty of people here who have been in the same position. You know, no one is going to judge you. Um, but I, I want to really impress upon us as a church the evil that is behind this thing. This is not fun or friendly, you know, as it's been portrayed in a lot of the media. This is evil. This is demonic. Okay, we must be free of it for our own safety and sanity and for the safety of those around us. You know, so let's just kick it. Let's get rid of it in our lives. But this is a hard thing, but I'd really encourage you to do it. You know, if you want to come forward and get prayer today, then come forward. Take that step. I will applaud you for your bravery um, if you do that. Um, But you don't have to come forward today. Maybe it's just about making a decision to have a conversation with someone you trust. 
Um, we've got a, a little communion area over here. There's something really powerful and purifying about the act of taking communion. Um, if you want to take communion as part of your kind of response to this, then please do feel free to do that. Keith and Francis are very kindly agreed to just facilitate that over there. You don't have to if you don't want to. If you come up and take communion, that does not mean that you struggle with porn. I'm not going to think that you do because you've done that. It could be that you're responding to something else. Totally fine. Okay. But that is there and available if you want to use it. And um, we have a number of other things that we want to pray for as well. Uh, so I'd encourage you that if you want to come forward for prayer, we won't all think that you've got an issue here. But if you do have an issue and you would like to come forward, I'd encourage you just to take that step. Um, now, just very quickly, for those of you who aren't following Jesus, honestly, if you struggle in this area, you want to be free. I have no idea how to help you. I'm really sorry. I can't help you at all. Um, this is not something I have any answers for outside of the cross, outside of Jesus's grace and his love and his forgiveness. There is no way that I would be standing here today completely free of this addiction without Jesus, without his blood and his cross. Okay, so if you're here and you're not following him and you're far from him, uh, first step, get right with him. Just take that step towards him today um, because I can't give, I haven't got any other advice. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, and he is really literally all I've got. Okay, um, remember that the Bible says when the spirit of the Lord is, uh, there is freedom. I'm done. Should we stand? Can we have the band back? just going to spend some time in his presence, I think. If God's speaking to you about what's going on in ministry today, then just come up and mention it to Paul. Come, Holy Spirit, come in this place. I'll be real with you now, Jesus. We want to get real in our hearts. This is important. If this is not an issue for us, then thank God. Let's just pray for those around us. Let's just silently just bow our heads and just pray for the room. But if this is an issue for us, then I'd encourage you just to get right with God. Make a step, make a decision today in your heart. Yes, Jesus. More of your presence here. In a minute, I'm just going to invite people to come forward. Um, it could be that you are this is something you want to directly respond to, and that's great. It could be that there's something else in your life that you just want to pray, get prayed for. This is as good a time as any. Come and receive some prayer. As Chris said um, a number of times, this is a, it's a great opportunity. It's a time of healing. It's a time of restoration. Mm. It's a time of change. I was praying about this, knowing that the tour was happening and I was hosting um, just a few days ago. And I was reminded of a, um, I just got this phrase come straight into my head, you know, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Humpty Dumpty, you know, and, uh, and that they couldn't put him together again. And I felt like God say that he can put everything together. And, uh, and I feel some people as they've been hearing this just feel like, they're like Humpty Dumpty. They're falling down. It's in pieces. It's like there's no way that this can be put back together. It's a complete and utter mess. 
But God's saying nothing is impossible for him. He can put everything back together again. And so we want to have an opportunity where, you know, you can respond to that and be, like Chris says, sometimes things take a long time, but also God in his graciousness can do things incredibly fast. I also have a sense that there are people here who are really kind of brokenhearted about the issue of trafficking and they just would love to kind of respond and say, I want to make a difference in this area. You know, I want to just take a step forward and, and say, I'm going to help with this. Uh, whatever way, if you want to get prayer for that, then I'd encourage you to come forward. So why don't you come now? If you would like to come, uh, you can come and receive communion or you can come forward for prayer and there'll be people around you who will love you and support you and come and pray for you. Thank you to the kids' workers for all that they do.